Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you and welcome to the podcast. So thankful that you're here, you're listening today. You know, we're working our way through the Bible book by book and we're grabbing hold of a promise from each book along the way. So, you know, by the time we get to the book of Revelation written by John the Revelator, I mean, how's that for a job title? John the Revelator. I love that. Uh, By the time we get to Revelation, we'll have stored up 66 rock solid promises. Every book of promise has kind of been my moniker, I guess, for this series. And I'm going to say that probably more than a few more times between now and Revelation. Every book a promise for you. God's got promises, and I am so glad you're here today so we can take a look at your promise, and it's for you. It's in God's word, his love letter to you. It's for you. We're going to take a look at your promise from the Lord in the book of Deuteronomy. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show, part of the Spark Network, now playing via the Edify app. This episode's recommended resource comes from Susie Larson and her new book, Closer Than Your Next Breath. Susie's books are always impactful, and they are among those that I read and that I highlight and that I read again and then I underline and I read some more. I give them as gifts, and you know, I've been so blessed to be on the launch teams for I guess several, like four of her books now. This one, Closer Than Your Next Breath, it's a good one. It's so good and so timely. And I'm going to be sharing a link to order via the show notes. And it's in pre-order right now, but it's coming out just like right around the corner, mid-August of 2023. When you start looking at ideas maybe for book options or study options for your small groups, your women's gatherings that are going to kick off this fall, keep this one in mind. Susie Larson, Closer Than Your Next Breath. All right, now let's dig into God's promises here in episode number 155. Alrighty, so when I began looking into the book of Deuteronomy in order to find a verse with a promise to share with you on this episode of the podcast, let me just say the pickings were the opposite of slim. There are so many wonderful promises in Deuteronomy, and this it's a great reminder The fact that there are all these wonderful promises in the book of Deuteronomy is a great reminder that, you know, we don't need to avoid reading the entire Bible. You know, like some people, they actually only read certain books. Some people are like, I'm mostly in the Psalms. And that can be really great. The Lord can have you there during a certain season of your life. Um, some people only read the Gospels. The Gospels are, of course, they, they are Jesus, his time on the earth, God with us as, it, as he lived out his ministry. But you don't want to just like never read all of the Bible. Some people never read the Old Testament. Some Christians never read the Old Testament. They kind of have a like 
maybe, I don't want to say fear, fear is not the right word, but the saying would be for fear that there's nothing in the Old Testament that's going to apply to them today because, you know, they already know, they already know Jesus personally, right? They're saved, they're Christians. What do they need to read in the Old Testament for? Well, there are a lot of reasons to read the Old Testament. Like every jot and every tittle of the law, Everything in the Old Testament was fulfilled by Jesus. That's what he said in Matthew 5.18. To know all the things that he fulfilled, we need to read the Old Testament. So when we read it, um, you know, we can and we should read it with hope, you might say. Hope. And with the knowledge that Jesus fulfilled it all. I really had a lot to choose from as far as promises go when it came to this part of the Bible. So I want to encourage you to maybe just jot this down make a note of it in your in your phone the notes app or here's something i sometimes do i text something to myself and then i see it in my text a little later on so that might sound corny but it's actually something i do um fairly often with something that i need to remember that's important so text it to yourself so you see it uh, deuteronomy chapter 7 really starting around verse 12 all the way through chapter 11 right up to verse 25 there are a vast array of promises here, promises to Israel. And one thing that you and I can do when we see promises, promises that are made to Israel is we can pray them. Like we can remind God of his promises to his people that he chose, his people Israel, to the nation Israel. And we can pray for them to see and recognize Jesus as Messiah, for their land to be blessed, for all the things that God has promised them to come to pass and for the role that Israel is playing in the end times to be clearly seen by a watching world. Like, keep your eyes on what is going on in Israel. Because really, if we think about it, the Bible, it came to us out of what God did in and through and for the people that we know as the Jewish nation, the Israelites. It's where the Bible came from. It's where Jesus lived and ministered. It's the home of God's chosen people. Jesus and the Bible changed the world. One life at a time, one moment at a time, down through the centuries. What nation is at the heart of the Bible? Israel. It's more than just a tourist spot and more than just a spot on the map somewhere. Oh, it's over there, kind of by Egypt. In God's story, it's the heart of this world that we live in, if you will. So Israel matters and praying that every promise that God has made to the Israelites will come to pass. That would be in accordance with the will of God. As we read it in our Bibles, we're praying in agreement with his will as we see it in the word of God. Add Deuteronomy chapter 7 to 11 to your upcoming Bible reading and, you know, pray for Israel. As you're so led, the Lord lays it on your heart to pray for them. Stop and pray. And if there's anything promised therein that you feel led to pray over yourself as one who is grafted in and has now become Abraham's seed, which we read in Romans chapter 11, then you can pause and pray those things over your own life and your loved ones and your situation and circumstances. Among all these promises that I was reading in Deuteronomy, I landed on one that uh, you maybe have heard this before. Most, most likely you have. It's one of those verses that you may kind of already know, even if you don't remember exactly where it's located in the Bible. And it's a promise that you and I are to know 
to K-N-O-W, know this promise. Know it like we know our own name, that we would that we would know it so much that it's like a part of us. It's a part of who we are. That would be really wonderful. So know it without a shadow of any doubt and understand that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who is keeping his covenant and his steadfast loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. I've maybe kind of already given away at least part of the verse, what this promise says. Let me read it to you from the Amplified and from the, yeah, the New Living Translation. Therefore, we know without any doubt and understand that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, who is keeping his covenant and his steadfast loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commandments. Okay, lavishes. Sounds pretty good to me. Do you want to be lavished by God's love and to know that he's keeping his covenant for a thousand generations? Well, then what's the prerequisite? Let's look at that. There's a couple questions here based on this verse. Do you love the Lord God Almighty? When's the last time you considered this, like considered your love for him? We hear a lot and we talk about about his love for us. And that is, it's critical. It's important. It's foundational to our walk with the Lord to understand that he loves us. But it's also really good to think about how much we love him. Do you keep his ways? What the word of God says, what's written on the pages of your Bible, do you do what it says? More than read it. More than maybe highlight a verse here and there. Close the cover and move on. But maybe don't actually do what it says to do. Do you keep God's ways? Do you love God? It's a pretty natural response to keep his ways if you're loving him, right? Do you keep his ways? Well, that would be a normal response to loving him and being loved by him, honestly. Do you know the word of God well enough to really know what to do? can't really do what it says and keep God's ways if we are not all that clear on what the Bible has to say, you know? Like, this isn't osmosis, this growing in our understanding of the Bible. We don't, like, catch it somehow randomly as it's floating around when we're taking a walk in the morning. Like, now you can commune with the Lord on your walk in the morning. You can have that time as prayer time. I'm not digging anybody's walk when they like take a walk and spend time with the Lord. But if you are thinking that just by looking at the trees and the birds that you somehow are going to know all of what God's word says and you never open the Bible, you're going to miss it by a mile, my friend. You just really will. Like you need to know it by being dedicated to it. Show the Lord you love him and show him that you know what you're supposed to do, what he wants you to do. Show him that you know how to keep his ways because you know what his ways are. Got to open the Bible and read it to get to that point. Um, So do you know the word of God well enough to really know what to do? Do you know it well enough to do what it says? And do you know it well enough to know what not to do? That's also pretty important. If, If you don't, there's a fix for that. You just read it and apply it to your very own life. Not like read it and apply it to your husband. Read it and apply it to your mother-in-law. How about read it and apply it to you? Read it and then do what it says. Super simple fix. You don't know what to do? Read it and do it. You do it. 
your life, apply it to your life. Simple and life-changing too, I might add. Without any doubt, understand that he is God. All right, there we go. Next part of this verse. Without any doubt, understand that he is God. This verb is, it's in the present tense here. He is God. Not the God of yesteryear, not the God of down the road a bit. Now he is God. Do you and I live like, act like, behave like, make decisions and choices like he is God right now at this very moment? He is God. If we make our choices and decisions and speak our words carefully and really live like he is present tense God, what kind of result could we expect? How would our lives be changed? If we lived those lives moment by moment as if God is God, is, it's a tiny little word, but it has huge importance in this verse. Okay, I'm going to repeat something I said just a moment ago. Without any doubt, understand that he is God. Live like that present tense is, that present tense is God, is really, really real, like the most real thing in your life. And things are going to change for you, my friend. They can't not change when you live with the continual understanding that he is God. The stress dissipates when you remember he is God. Right now, in this moment, in this situation, he's sovereign. He is Lord. He is God. He can't not be. He's not God over some things. He's God over all things. And he's my personal God because I know Jesus and I am saved and I am in the kingdom. I am a child of God. Okay, see how it changes everything? Like pretty quickly, this real understanding, living in light of this total understanding that he is God changes things. Things will change for you. They can't not change when you live with the continual understanding that he is God. So why am I emphasizing this present tense verb? You might be wondering, like, that's a lot of emphasis, Jan. Maybe get off this now. Uh, Well, here's why. Because if he is the God of the right now, that means there is no later on that that is applied to this promise. Like, you can't say this is just for later on. This is something I hit on often on the show here. This whole thing that we do kind of automatically, kind of subconsciously, like we push it down the road. Yeah, I know God's promises are going to be true. Yep, they will. We'll just see when his timing is. God's timing is perfect. Okay, that's 100% true. That's completely true. But I'm going to tell you what, we can get into a place where we don't want to deal with the sting of God's promises not proving true. We have the what if, what if it doesn't? I would rather just believe that it's going to come down the road at some point and uh, do that rather than have to really maybe face the fact that I might get upset about the fact that it didn't happen, that God's promise hasn't happened. We can go there and we're right there on the razor's edge of unbelief at that point. And that's not a good place to be. That's not a good place to be. God would rather have you talk to him like David spoke to him in the Psalms about this is what it is and it's so hard and I don't understand. And why is this happening? And would you deal with my enemies? And isn't it time yet, Lord? And then come to the end of it and say, but no matter what, I worship you. You are God. And you can be none other. Like have a David type conversation with God, if you will. He would much rather that. I really firmly believe this than for us to be on that razor's edge of unbelief and then boop, tip right over. And suddenly you think that in your mental mentality of like, oh, it's coming in the future. God will keep his promises. He sure will. You've really fallen over the ledge 
right off the cliff of unbelief, right down into a pit of unbelief that's hard to get back out of. So I want to challenge you to maybe consider that, that it happens almost automatically and we don't really do it consciously. Sometimes we do. Most of the time we don't. He's the God of the right now. You don't have to just put like a a big bandaid over this and say, well, it's for later on. This is not for later on. Whenever in the world, later on might be. See, that's too broad and that's too vague. How can God answer a broad, vague, very unspecific prayer? He wants us to pray specific prayers. I really, truly believe this. Think of Jesus in the Gospels saying to those who came up to him with their needs, say, what do you want me to do for you? I don't know, maybe something at some point in the future, whatever you think is best. We think that's maybe more pious and holy, but look what we have in the word of God in black and white and red. Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Do you think he would have been like super excited about like, well, yeah, that sounds great. Just whatever out in the, okay, great. Like, you want me to do what for you? Basically nothing. Nothing now, maybe something, nothing specified, but maybe something, who knows what, at some point down the road, way in the future. Let's get specific. Let's answer the question in our own heart and mind first of how we pray, what we pray about, by thinking about how we would answer Jesus if he were right here in the flesh saying to us, what do you want me to do for you? This is not for later on. Later on, whenever that may be, is a dangerous way to like encapsulate the entirety of your your hope in what God might do sometime later on. Look, we do this, we do this. We think some promise from God is for later on. We have no idea when later on might be. We end up just simply keeping God's promises in a state of continual deferment, which is sort of like rendering them as inactive, which is sort of like having them in our own life as basically dead. God's promises are not dead. The word of God is living and active according to Hebrews 4.12. What if we stop thinking so much in terms of later on as a way to play it safe, just in case God doesn't show up and keep his promises? What if we chose belief? And hey, if God opts to keep his promises to us on this very day, as in today, as in right now, well, why not? Why not? Who are we to put limits or time limits on God? to try and constrain our Lord. Let God be God. Let him do as he sees fit, when he sees fit. But you make sure that you're believing that if Jesus were saying to you, what do you want me to do for you? You can answer him. You know what you want him to do for you. And you'll glorify him in it. Pray like that. Might that not be a life lived in a state of belief that could very well grow into chronic belief, which is something that becomes contagious belief? Yeah. How about this? Later on? Bye-bye. This is for right now. He is the faithful God. That's in the singular. The faithful God. Not one among many. And many of many of us, <sighs> look, it's just, boy, I feel like I'm just super being like, I'm raw and real and blunt today, but I guess that's, um, it is what it is. Okay. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to, I'm not going to just try to pretty this up because it doesn't need to be prettied up. These are not the days for things being prettied up. It's kind of like, this is how I'm looking at it in light of everything going on around the world and the state of where things are and what people who know and love the Lord are sensing when they spend time in prayer. um, And just the heart that God has for a lost world that is getting darker and eviler as it gets closer and closer and closer to the very last day before Jesus returns. 
in light of all of that, is this the time to try to pretty everything up or to just say, here it is. I'm just going to say, here it is. The faithful God, not one among many. Many of us have some kind of little G gods in our lives and they need to go to the trash heap. They need to be ground to fine dust and left in the Kidron Valley. They need to be decimated and destroyed. If something has no place in the kingdom of God, then it has no place in the life of one of the king's children. I'm going to say that again. If something has no place in the kingdom of God, then it has no place in the life of one of the children of that king. And that is what you are according to 1 John. I am stating plainly that there is one God and he is the faithful God. He cannot be otherwise. He is the faithful God. He cannot be otherwise. He is faithful. And whoop, looky here. Another second just passed and he's the faithful God. Whoop, what do you know? Another second went by and he is yet the faithful God, the faithful God, the only God, the one true God, the Alpha and Omega, the King of all kings, the great I am. There is none before him and none will come after. He is, he was, and will always be. Do you know this God as your own God? If so, then this is your promise today. He is the one true God, and he will always be so for you in your life. He is the faithful God, and he will always be faithful in your life. Is the two tiny words, and they bear so much weight on the way we think about God and about how God behaves toward us. Because the way that we think about God's behavior toward us, it's so important. You've got to just like renew your mind and choose to believe, to think on these things. Whatever is true, well, I think the one who is the way, the truth and the life, Jesus, that's true. That's the truth. Renew your mind. Re- reset your thinking to make it line up with the word of God. Take every thought captive. In 2 Corinthians ten five. it says, this changes the way that we think. When we really, really, really live with an understanding of what the, what the Bible says about God, that's how he behaves toward us. That's what's true. Two tiny words is and the, they change the way we think when we consider them rightly and choose to actually believe that what God has said in the Bible is exactly what he means. And what happens when your thinking changes? Well, that's when your life changes because how you think is how you live. How you think determines the course your life takes. You think rightly when you think according to the word of God. When you take every thought captive, as I just said, you make it submit to the word of the Lord. I'm going to say that again with a reference for that. That's what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I encourage you to maybe look that up, maybe memorize that verse. When your thoughts are submitted to the Lord, your life is submitted to the Lord too. This verse from Deuteronomy, it's a biggie. There is one faithful God and he expects his people those who bear his name and claim him as father, he expects us to know and understand this, that there is one faithful God. You don't need to be out searching for some other form of a God to fill some void in your life because you have the one faithful God. Take God's word and consider it a balm, a healing balm to place over the wounds that you have in your life in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. God is a healer and his word is powerful. I hope you're really getting this today, that this is for you, for right now. He is keeping his covenant, his promises, and is loving a thousand generations of those who love and obey him. 
Pass that for a legacy, an inheritance to leave to your descendants. Ain't nothing else like it, I'll tell you what. Love and obey. Can you be about that today? I know that you can. Love and obey. And can you add into that love of the Lord and obedience to him? Can you add in some real faith that God will do as he has promised? Don't wait another day. Don't wait another moment to choose to believe that God's promises are true. Why wait? I cannot think of one single solitary good reason to wait, to wait to choose to believe that God's promises are true. Believe today. Reap the benefits and the blessings of that belief today. And then keep on reaping for the rest of your days. And when you step into eternity, you surely will not feel regret for believing God fully and leaving all the results of that belief in his capable hands. And they are capable. The hands that bear the nail scars, those are the hands of safest keeping for your life, for your hopes and dreams, for your loved ones, for your every moment and your every breath. Alrighty, I'm going to wrap it up today because I think I got a little bit preachy, but I think it was probably um, good. I'm not really sorry that I did because, oh my goodness, Oh my goodness, if I can help one person, encourage them to really lean in and believe God's promises, promises that they're true for them, that they're true for them. Do you know what, what, that, what that means? That means that means your life changes. That means your world changes. So I'll be preachy all day long if it glorifies my Lord. I'll tell you what, I'll be loud if it glorifies him. And I'll be still and quiet when that glorifies him. So thank you for listening, even in my preachiness. Lord bless you. And please, I want to say this part one more time. I really think this could be good for somebody listening, like good as an encouraging and just a solid reminder. The hands of Jesus that bear the nail scars, everything you place into his hands, they're safer there than anywhere else. So go ahead and let him be God. Let him be the God who keeps the promises that he makes. Trust him and place it all in his capable hands and just see what he'll do for you, in you, and through you, and in answer to your prayers for others. Lord bless you today. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, I'm also going to add a link to grab the Psalm 91 Prayed and Believe audio-based course. Uh, If this series of promises through the Bible has been encouraging to you, then Psalm 91, it is worth studying and praying through because that psalm is powerful, life-changing, and um, man, it's so worth studying. So I'm going to drop that in the in the show notes, and I'll see you next time for a promise from the book of Joshua. Okay, now that's a book that's got a lot happening. There's a lot of proof of God keeping his promises in the book of Joshua. Remember those geometry proofs that you maybe used to have to write out? If you did them, you, you don't really ever forget them, right? They're called proofs, P-R-O-O-F-S, for a reason. It had to be provable, this process of solving the problems. You had to know the proofs, like have them memorized, know them step by step in order to prove that you'd solve the problem correctly. It was more than just the right answer in geometry, at least in my high school geometry. It was like if, the, if one step of the proof was wrong or even one word of the proof that you were supposed to have memorized, loads and loads of these, if even one word was forgotten and not listed in the steps of the proof, Uh, you didn't get the problem right. Not like partially right, like you didn't get it right. So you had to know the proof step by step to prove you'd solve the problem correctly. Joshua is a book of proofs in many ways. And we're going to dig into that next time. I love the book of Joshua. If you want, start reading it in advance of the next episode and uh, get kind of a head start on at least read like the first, I'd say, seven chapters of Joshua. 
you'll be so blessed. You'll be so encouraged. I promise you that much. So we're going to dig into that next time. And I'm going to see you then, my friend. Have a blessed day. Grab hold of God's promises. And remember, Jesus' hands with the nail scars are the safest place to put every single thing, big and little, in your life. You can trust him. Trust him now. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.